Welcome to The Executive Appeal, a show that convenes the world's most powerful and successful leaders to share mentoring and career advancement advice to help you successfully transition into senior level executive positions. I'm your host, Alex Trumbull, award-winning speaker, author, and leadership expert with over a decade of experience coaching and advising some of our nation's most senior level government leaders. So if you're ready to reach your goals, let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Trimble. And man, oh man, today, today is a good day. See, today I have a phenomenal, phenomenal guest with us. And I promise you, after our conversation, you're going to be, you're going to want to have some tea. And she may talk about that in a little bit, but I, I have the sense that I'm going to want some tea after this. Um, this phenomenal, this phenomenal individual is his Mita Malik. And she is the global head of Inclusion, Equity, and Impact. And we're going to talk about that. Inclusion, Equity, and Impact at CARTA, a global, a global equity management company. And, and <laughs> she is also the co-host of the Brown Tabletop and, and the talk. And, that, and that's actually how I became familiar with her. And I, I was listening to some episodes. So, look, I can't wait to get this started. So how are you doing, Miss Mita? I'm doing great, Alex. Thank you for reaching out and having me. Look, I'm just said, I'm so glad you said yes. Oh, such a kind <laughs> introduction. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's very kind of you. Well, madam, I'm going to ask you to, to just explain a little more about what you do. I do have some questions on your titles and whatnot, but let's start off with the podcast, right? You're, you're the co-host of the Brown Table Talk. And to be completely honest, I was I was a bit disappointed. See, uh, I went there and I, I heard the empowerment stuff and I, and I heard a lot of leadership and advice and career advice. I heard a lot of really great content, but I was given the name Table Talk. I was assuming we we're going to talk about some entanglements or something. Is that not what we're talking about? Well, the podcast that I started with my friend, DC Marshall, is really a reflection of our deep love, respect, and admiration for each other. And over the years, the, you know, crap that we faced in our careers as women of color. And so we wanted to start this podcast to help women of color think about how they can not just survive, but thrive in their workplaces and also a place for allies to show up and understand some of these stories and understand what we go through and how they can show up differently and do better and be better. So that's really, that's the... That's our objective with the podcast. Well, I definitely believe you're serving that objective. Um, my first question is the, the the episode I listened to first. Yes. You talked about a concept of um, cancel. Sorry, free is canceled. Free is canceled. Coined by D.C. Marshall. Yeah. Free is canceled. I, I don't know. I don't know. It sounds good. But 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 is it real? What is free is canceled? What we talk about in this episode is the theft of intellectual property, whether that's as a small business owner, RFPs that aren't really let me uh, do the work before I get the check, right? Interview processes that don't seem to end and they end with, hey, I want the three-year strategic plan for what you do when you get the job. Well, give me the job first, and then I will tell you. And also just a lot of calls I get from people who I don't know at all to, to pick my brain without any offer for compensation. I think, Alex, the distinction is I am here for my brain to be picked. I will give my ideas for my community and my friends and people who I know. But I think it gets very dangerous when you don't know people, and that's the first thing you ask is for their ideas or for something from them, if that makes sense. 
I, I hear you on that. Um, my question is, isn't free almost a necessity though? Like how many people were able to to break into areas or able to show how smart they were and they were worth hiring or working with by providing free? Is there is there a line where free is okay and, there, and there's a line where free is not? I think there's a, like I said, if you know somebody and you have deep relationships, if you have a history, that's different, right? Yeah. I'm talking about cold calls and messages. I'm talking about my friend DC Marshall, who some big consulting firm is doing a DEI report, which we talk about in the mm-hmm. podcast. They want to interview her. They want her all of her ideas, but they're not going to attribute her. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. You want to get all the trends from the expert. But so that's a great way to be like, yes, D, we want all of your trends and views, and we're going to attribute it to you and to your company so that there's, there's something that is a mutually beneficial here. And so that's what I think. And listen, have we all done unpaid internships? Yes. Have there things, I think what you're talking about is like, you might do something for free for a friend Mm -hmm. to help you get started to build your business. I have friends who have started coaching consulting businesses, either discounted or free coaching services so they could get a really good testimonial from somebody. Yeah, yeah. There's that's the difference. Do you see there is some sort of exchange that's happening? Yeah. 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 I, I, I saw a video from uh, it was Rick Ross the other day, the rapper Rick Ross, and he was talking about how he he provided free marketing um, for uh, I think it was Jay-Z's was it Jay-Z's or Jay-Z or P. Diddy's brand, actually, for a year without any payment. Then all of a sudden, P. Diddy was like, you're, you're you know, you're awesome. Here's a check. Let's keep this rolling. And, you know, he was talking about and again, I, I think we all agree. Well, maybe not. We all agree that. On the younger side, or when you're trying to enter into the workforce, you may have to do those free interns and so on and so forth. But then I, I've spoken to a lot of people who are on the the other side of their career, who they're in their prime making career. And they're like, look, they're like free is canceled. I'm not doing nothing for free. You know, so no, no, we're not, we're not doing it. We're not doing it, especially if you are a business owner and this is your livelihood, right? Mm-hmm. I think this happens a lot with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, consultants, individuals with expertise, would an accountant do something for free? Mm -hmm. Would a doctor, would a lawyer? Most of them would charge a consultation free. Not everyone. Some attorneys would say, hey, I'll do a free complimentary service. But I think that there is that, you know, just the trend I'm seeing in the marketplace, just watch for that. And as I share in the podcast episode, I have somebody Alex, this person never even looked at me in the eyes in graduate school. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden shows up in my LinkedIn messages asking for what I would consider to be serious consulting services and advice. And I asked what compensation was. And this person almost like flipped out, gaslighting me, being like, we went to school together. I can't believe you charged me. And I was like, you didn't even talk to me in school. Yeah. You didn't even look at me in the eye in the hallway. And now so then it's like almost like I'm like, but what you're asking for is a pretty significant amount of work. It's not just a coffee chat. Mm-hmm. And as I talk about in the podcast, I have a full-time job. And so many times when I'm asked to do things, I don't have a lot of time. I give it to a nonprofit, uh, Women Rising. And I ask those donations to be you know, directly given to that nonprofit out of Jersey City, New Jersey. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it is um, a practice that I believe needs to stop. Federal open season is over but you can apply for WEPA life insurance year-round. WEPA has been insuring the future of federal employees for more than 75 years. WEPA can be used as a supplement or replacement for Fagley and can cost less. 
Last year, members who switched saved $375 on average. Apply for WEPA Group Term Life Insurance and see how much you could save by visiting waepa.org today. Well, what do you recommend? Again, you are a phenomenal leader. You, you've not only serving in an, in an executive role now, but you've served in a number of other senior executive roles. What do you recommend for those individuals who are trying to navigate their own careers and get to that next level? Yeah. Well, I'm going to first start with leaders, leaders who have power, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are hiring right now in this marketplace, stop with the 25 interviews and stop with the interviews where you're asking people to prepare 10, 15 pages worth of decks for roles they haven't gotten yet. There's other ways to test expertise and understand experience. So that's one. If you are a leader who has access to a paycheck, to a budget, don't be, you know, squeezing your suppliers, right? If I'm a small business owner and I say my fee for this is $10,000, there's probably a reason. Like I'm not a large public company where I'm getting so much business at scale that I can offer discounts, right? So honor the cost that someone gives you and then don't make them feel bad about it. And also for that same leader, when you're doing requests for proposals, that's also not your Alex moment to try to get free ideas, right? Like, and I've talked to my friend D about this. She gets a lot and she'll flip them to me. I said, don't do it. They basically want you to do, they want you to solve the problem and do the work before you get the check. Mm -hmm. And then I think to, you know, to the individuals who feel like they might be having their work stolen or they might be taken advantage of. I think, Alex, you make a good point. You have to set boundaries for yourself. I would offer that, you know, it's perfectly fair to ask if someone is asking you, externally for something that's more than just a coffee chat, ask them, be like, what are your intentions? Yeah. Is there compensation? You can always say, thanks for thinking of me and I'm going to be passing. That's a clear way to do it. And I would say like when you're working in an organization, make sure you protect your ideas. Don't text that idea. Don't slack it, create a doc, (laughs) document it. Right. I learned that the hard way in my career. It still might get stolen. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just a way to protect your intellectual property and what you're creating. You know what's crazy is I actually didn't, I didn't realize that till earlier, mid-career, I guess my age, I'm still technically mid-career, but um, I was writing these documents and these reports and proposals for, you know, secretaries and secretaries, so on and so forth. As I went, I finally worked for one supervisor who was like, why isn't your name on the bottom of this? I'm like, oh, well, you're, you're the manager, right? You just put your name on it. He says, no, you take credit. You did this. Yes. And I don't feel like many people... Like no one told me to do that before. Yeah. And so listen, as you're bringing up, there are hierarchies in organizations. I'm often doing work where I don't get to present the work. Not so much in my career now, but certainly early Mm mid-career. And so it's my job as a leader. If I go in and present something on behalf of the team, it's my job to say, these individuals couldn't be here. I want you to know Alex did this analysis. Mm -hmm. I want you to know so-and-so came up with this recommendation. Right. And so just to I say, say our names when we're not in the room, say our names when we're not in the room. And that's what that's servant leadership. And I hope more leaders are doing, Alex, what your manager, your former manager did for you. That's so important. Well, so, again, on the other side, from an organizational standpoint, I'm always torn with this because so I was say back in the National Park Service, there was a question. There was, okay, we have so many dollars. We have 
so many millions of dollars, whatever, we can employ um, this many of youth, this many number of youth with a a good pay, pay number, pay grade, whatever, right? Or we can employ a larger number of youth and reduce the pay. And what you're talking about right now is like, hey, you know, pay, pay what people are worth, pay, you know, the organization what it's worth, your contract. Like, where is that, that, that line between saying, hey, look, I, I wanted to do more help for more people. That means I got to, I got to reduce it a little bit. I mean, you listen, you have to value people for what they're bringing in to the table and what you're going to ask them to, even if it's an internship. We know, Alex, from a U.S. perspective, I mean, inflation is through the roof. How are you going to be an intern getting, I don't know, $1,000 a month and live in New York City and try to try to pay rent and try to eat something other than ramen noodles and try to work and pay for the subway and all these things? It's just, you know, you're doing a disservice to the person. You're doing a disservice. Yeah. So yeah. make sure that you can cover people's costs. I think for internships, no one's looking to make a profit. You're starting, you know, it's when you start, you want that experience, you want that company name, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, you've got to eat, you've got to pay your bills. And not everybody has family or the means, you know, I certainly didn't for someone to put me up in an apartment all summer long, rent-free. That's not how it works. So companies need to do better, provide accommodations, right? Provide Mm -hmm. housing stipends on top of the internship stipend, provide meals. There's all sorts of things you can be doing. So you you, in, you mentioned inflation, which then clicked a light bulb in my head because um, I think I almost had like heart palpitation. Um, inflation is high. And, and not only is inflation high, but um, the data shows that we are, I think we're actually literally already in the recession, but we're at least we're heading towards a recession. I'm doing those um those finger quotes in the air right now. Um, so the reality is, is a lot of the work you do, you are trying to you're you're working on programs to keep people engaged. You're you know, on an equity inclusion and so on and so forth. How are you, or have you started thinking about how do you engage and keep? the workforce engage and keep making good progress on that inclusion and so on and so forth when we have a recession, when resources start to get pulled back. I think inclusion is a driver of the business. I think it'll be more and more important, especially as we hit harder economic times because there'll be, there'll be less growth to be had. And it's like, okay, who are you talking to? Who are you serving? Who are you excluding and why? You know, from at least Nielsen, one source from a U.S. perspective, the multicultural consumer has over $3.2 trillion of spending power. So will some of that decrease? Sure. But some of that will still be there. Yeah. And so it is a little bit like the chicken and the egg, right? Like what came first? Mm-hmm. You have to continue to fund these things. You must. But... But, but do we, no, I'm joking. So I, I asked the question also because uh, I think it was the Federal Reserve yeah. um, came out saying that, hey, like companies should stop giving um, pay increases right now. They should start implementing hiring freezes. And a, a question I've been, I've been talking about with a number of different leaders uh, such as yourself in this area is, you know, staff have been wanting across the board, and rightfully so. Inflation is crazy. Um, uh, minimum wage has not kept up with, um, with the cost of living across the country. Right. People have been wanting more pay. People have been wanting um, more benefits, but those things cost money. And so how do you 
How do you navigate those two? Um, keep employee engaged because you got to, because you don't want to lose your great talent, right? Like you got to yeah. do something, but you also don't want the organization to falter. You have to make some hard choices. I think as once again, we're uncharted territory because it's a strange economy that we're in, isn't it, Alex, where there's mm-hmm. so many, we're in a recession. The cost of living is just, uh, you know, mind boggling. And yet there are hard to fill jobs. And yet it is still in many cases an employee's market. <laughs> And so it's this, you know, especially for highly skilled labor and hard to fill jobs, you are better off giving a raise to the person who is there who's asking for it than trying to figure out on the back end, how do I replace Mita? Because Mm -hmm. Mita is highly skilled and now it's going to cost me even more to replace. So that's the conversation, right? Because what people don't think about is like, oh, Mita keeps asking for more money. Let her go. We'll find yeah. something else. The cost to fill my job and the cost of working with recruiters, search firm, whatever, end to end rewarding training. Yeah. That's that's going to be more costly in the end than the raise I was asking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the lost time for the work, right? The lost time. What we also don't, if I'm a highly, if I have a highly skilled uh, worker, I have a highly a skill set that is very difficult to find. In the time I've left, you're trying to replace me. Who's going to do that work? And then you're burdening the individuals who are left to try to cover what I was doing. I mean, these are I I, I jokingly say this, um, but I also say, you know, this is why I when you get to this level of leadership, the higher you go in the organization, the more difficult the the challenge are the challenges are um, my understanding my belief is because the you, know, you really should push the the decision making pro- uh, process and authority as low as possible right give people autonomy to make those decisions that are close to the ground and as you're as you're sharing right now making those these are really tough and difficult decisions that leaders have to make and I guess my my question for you next is you know you are someone who cares about people like you truly care about people um have you have you ever been in a situation where where you've had to um reduce a workforce and, and how do you how do you deal with that personally because these are people you know it hurts a lot these are people's livelihoods and sometimes you're in positions where you don't have choice a choice and people deserve the support and love and respect to move on to their next chapter. And I think we've seen that a lot on LinkedIn, especially where companies are having layoffs and people showing up for each other. Yeah. Like I've heard X company has let go of X percent. I'm here. I have a network. Please reach out to me. And so you do it with as much respect and grace as you can. These are not easy decisions. And, you know, we're living in this time, hybrid, remote, back to the office, not, you know, there's big conversations to be had right now about getting rid of real estate. That's big cost savings, right? I don't know how that impacts the real estate market if everyone does that, but you know, like that's another, right? So thinking about how you can solve for now, what's happening when you talk about employees who are asking for and have earned and deserve a raise, how do you find that money? I'm so glad that you answered the way you did. Um, And I I knew you would. Um, I I still remember my first quote unquote real internship. I was an HR person, HR intern working at this car manufacturing plant. And um, it was literally, it was 2017. So we were just hitting into the recession. And we, unfortunately, um, as the HR person, HR intern, it was my job. 
to send all those letters to people who were being laid off. Uh, I was like 20 at the time, maybe. Um, This tradition that this organization did was everyone who got hired, you had to work on the floor. So when you worked on the floor for the first two weeks, you met these people, you knew they had families. And it was so hard to be the person drafting all these things and sending and knowing who was being laid off. Um, And and yet people were still in high spirits because the company did did right by people. Did right by people. They didn't hide it to the last minute. They they, they tried their best to to maneuver finances. They they shut down, you know, it wasn't 24 hours a day. They shut down like they did everything they could to be respectful of even honor people. And that's what it sounds like you're talking about. Even in these challenging times, we have to respect and honor people. And Alex, you just reminded me of a memory I have from early in my career where I was let go and it was quite painful. It was the typical come meet me in conference room five. I was like, huh, why am I going to conference room five? I walk in and there's the vice president and there's HR. If you're a manager in the federal government, do you have feds protection professional liability insurance? Because if you don't, you need to get it. Having a feds policy means that you will be protected against any professional capacity lawsuit administrative action or criminal investigation arising from actions taken in the scope of your employment. This insurance is a must-have for federal managers and starts at just $209 a year. Plus, your agency will reimburse you for half of this cost. To learn more, visit www.fedsprotection.com or call 866-955-3337 today. And there wasn't a lot of kindness and compassion because afterwards they walked me to my desk with security people, made me feel like I had done something wrong. Yeah. And no one ever reached out afterwards to see how I was doing, at least not the leadership. I had other friends who looked out for me. And so clearly, do I blame that VP or that HR person? Of course not. That was just a decision they had to make. But I wish that they had been had more grace and compassion and just to say, hey, if you ever need anything, like feel free to reach out or to even check in on me. It's that that I think is the worst when a layoff happens and it's like you did something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. What you feel anyways. And so how you just showed up is amazing in your story about how you showed up for the community there. Well, again, I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> you 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 broached a topic that I hadn't thought about at all. Um, but now I'm going to, I'm going to go down this, this, uh, this path there. I have already been layoffs. There are already, so we're talking about, you know, not we literally, but when we're talking about when we, the bigger, we are yes. talking about recessions or talking about, um, uh, cutting of staff or sh- uh, reducing of staff and so on and so forth. This has already happened to some people. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear from you. Do you have any thoughts or advice to someone who may already has been laid off and they're listening to this right now. Like, wh- how did you pick yourself up and position yeah. yourself for your next opportunity? That job wasn't your identity. Mm. That job wasn't your identity. It took me too long to realize this. And you need the time and space to heal. It's grief. It's a type of grief. We don't talk about it enough. Yeah. There is such embarrassment and shame and anger, all sorts of emotions. Yeah. But once you can work through that, to reach out to people and let them know that you're looking, that it's not your fault. And that really start thinking about, like, I would just start with the spreadsheet of all the people I know, neighbors, family members, in-laws, friends, 
people from school, alumni, former bosses, former colleagues, and just start reaching out and start creating a schedule for yourself and start activating your network to let everyone know what you're looking for. And that's important to have your story, your career wins, and what's the type of role you're looking for? What are the type of things you're open to? You know, this these conversations all you know what i'm gonna say it look every single one of these conversations generally speaking don't anyone call me out i might be wrong but most of these conversations always circle back to the importance of building those relationships and having those relationships yes um yet so many people feel like networking i'm gonna use the n-word networking um no one wants to talk about it yeah but they, they feel like it's it's negative, like it's sleazy. Like if I'm networking, I'm not doing my job. Um, you're an exec, you're a successful executive and you're saying this is important? Yeah, well, listen, networking brings back pre-pandemic memories. You know, people say I have a tall personality on Zoom. That's a conversation for another time because that sounds like there's some bias in there. I'm five one and a half. I'm complete. And so when I go to events, Alex, it's difficult because it's usually I'm pushed against the bar and I have a bad glass of Chardonnay fall on me. People may give me some business cards and I actually have trouble sort of working the room. And so what I've loved about this time in the pandemic, for those of us who have had the privilege to work from home, is that you can meet people so easily like you and I met over LinkedIn. You had reached out. And so I don't like to think of it as networking because, again, we all have sort of these bad memories, stereotypes, misconceptions of what networking is. I love to think about it as building authentic bridges. Yeah. Just reaching out and to getting to know people. And it's okay if you and I meet and we don't connect again. That's okay. It's like dating. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It is. It's like just building. You just think about it. You're just trying to build authentic relationships and friendships. And you're trying to be in service of someone and hope that they'll also be in service of you. So two things. One, you said you're trying to... Uh, be in service to someone. Hopefully they'll be in service to you. Um, I, I love that because I always tell people like a healthy relationship, healthy relationships are yes. mutually beneficial relationships. Yes. Yes. And so I, I love that you're talking like they should also be, hopefully they're also trying to add value to your life. And it's not just one way. Absolutely. My friend, Lan Fan, who you should have on your show, she's um, CEO and founder of Community of Seven. She taught me this idea which I had never talk, thought about is that people are givers and takers. And if you are somebody who's in a giver, who's a, who's a giver, and you're constantly in a relationship with someone who's a taker, that can really be exhausting. So to your point, you want the balance of giving and taking. This might be a year where I really need you and you give a lot in the friendship. Yeah. Next year, I'll be showing up for you, right? And so those yeah. things go in there. Sometimes they swing back and forth and that's okay. So I, look, I'm, I'm, I want to bridge a a discussion, a topic, a thought um, that I have not thought through completely. My wife just brought this up and it was, I thought it was really great. So let's see if I can do this. Um, so my wife and I were talking yesterday and she was like, isn't it funny that everyone needs their crutch? You use the word crutch, but basically everyone, everyone needs a crutch um, and it's okay to have your crutch. Um, some people, some people, um, suffer from allergies like me. I have an, I have to have an EpiPen with me. Mm -hmm. And some people, um, 
they have challenges staying motivated. So they need to listen to motivational stuff. Some people need affirmation. Some people need um, uh, pins for, for, for their diabetes. Um, we all have something that we rely on. And what she said was the important thing is to understand what that something is and then not be ashamed of it. Yes. I was ashamed I, honestly, it's, just, it's weird. Like, I felt really ashamed. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to have that EpiPen. I'm going to be that guy. Mm. But it's okay. It's, it's what I need to be successful and be my best my best me. And you, you made me think about that when you were, when you were, I mean, when you were talking about your networking. And I didn't realize you were 5'1". Um, but like. One and a half. One and a half. <laughs> Don't, don't rob me of the half, please. <laughs> but you probably have things that you do to improve your life. Is, is that does that make sense? I'm not. It does. Yeah, I mean, you. We all need inspiration. We all need someone cheering for us, rooting for us. Um, sometimes for me, it's music. It's my children. It's coloring with them. It's playing with them. They're seven and nine. They there's nothing like kids to ground you real quick. So <laughs> that's really important to me. So we all need somebody. We all need a way. I would say to like recharge and supercharge and mm-hmm. boost our batteries. You are a proud mother. Yes, I, I read it. That, that's how I know it's real because I read it on the internet. Um, and I'm. I'm a bit confused. You are a senior executive and a mother. You can do that. Happens. Alex, I hope you're being sarcastic, but yes, I can, I can, I can hear the sarcasm because I might have to leave this call. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I can do both. Right. And I've been mommy tracked too many times in my career. You know, people ask me like, what was the most surprising thing yeah. about starting a family and also wanting to have a career is like being mommy tracked. I never thought, like I was just naive that yeah. people's perceptions would change of me when I became a mother in the workplace. And so I'm on a mission to raise kind and inclusive human beings. Like that's my mission. And that's also why I do this work uh, for all of our kids. Well, you know, what's pretty crazy. I was watching the, I just got into this show called blackish. I'm well, so late. I realize this. Yes. Um, I've not, <laughs> I've not gotten into it. My brother has told me I've watched like one or really two. <laughs> <laughs> so there was there was an episode um when the mother um uh, rainbow bow she was she was basically saying who she she's a doctor very successful doctor mm-hmm. and she considered herself a doctor and a mother and the only way to be a good mother i guess was to be a working strong mother um and then she met a mother who wasn't working and like, the whole episode basically was about like there's so many different ways to be a mother um working not working and i like like so you have any thoughts on that for people who are just yeah. i met a number of women who who are really really anxious about becoming a mother because they want to, but they're not sure what their life would be like career-wise and so on and so forth. Yeah, listen, uh, I was raised by a tiger dad, rest in peace, dad. I married a tiger dad, not sure how that happened. And I'm the sloth mom. I really am. I'm the sloth mom, certainly came true in the pandemic. Uh, So you have to do what's right for you in terms of like the you know, there's no points on the board every day. Did I show up as a good mom today? Some days I do, some days I don't. I don't show up as a great mom. And so the question is, did I show up over the course of their life as a great mother? I hope that they would take that away. And so just that kindness and empathy to say, okay, I did calls till yeah. 11 o'clock today and their bedtime is 7.30. I'm only spending 30 minutes with them, but you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to get up earlier. I'll clear my calendar for the evening. 
have dinner with them. And so it's just that kindness and grace that it's not, we're not going to get it right every day. But for me, it's like on the balance of my life, did I get it right? You're, you're amazing. Just, just FYI, you're, you're amazing. How my seven to nine year old that they need? <laughs> we can send the link to the episode. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, you're right though. It's like, I think we all too often again. Yes, this is definitely in motherhood, and I think there's so many different things it applies to. You don't have to be a hundred percent every single day, right? I love how you said over the period of a lifespan. You know, was I there? Did I do well? Like, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people really look down on themselves and beat themselves up if they're not on all the time. Is is because we're not Uber apps, right? Mm -hmm. We're not on demand twenty four seven. We just can't be. And if we don't recharge, if I don't recharge, I'm not going to show up well for my kids. So I try to think about that. But isn't recharging? sarcasm again, but isn't recharging, um, not focusing on what you have deemed to be important. If you're, if you're not with your kids, yeah. are you saying they're less important? If you're not working the yeah, job. Yeah. I mean, I like to recharge with my kids. I like to watch a Disney movie. I like to color. I like to draw. There are different ways to do it. I'm somebody I love writing. Mm-hmm. If I could write all day long. That's what I would do for me. That's recharging for someone else. They're like, Oh my God, you want to write? Oh my God. I don't, I hate writing. Right. But everyone has that thing that Listen, I'm on a mission to spark joy in my life. Yeah. And writing sparks a lot of joy for me. And so if I can do that for 30 minutes, some of the stuff will never see the light of day. No <laughs> one wants to read that. That's cool. But it, it helped me in that moment. Like it helped me and it helped me recharge. So I have to add, I'm going to give you a quiz because you did oh. say that you watch Disney movies with your kids. I, I got I to see if, if you're really doing this. Oh, or this is just... enough. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. We'll see if this is just for the clout or if you really do it. So. Who do we not talk about? Who do we not talk about? Who do we not talk about? Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> ah, it's a Disney movie. It's a Disney movie. Who do we not talk about? Come on, you got this. Encantos? I don't know. Is that even yeah. Disney? Yeah. Bruno. Yeah. Bruno. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You know, we were just watching The Little Mermaid, which is an old one, but a good one. So an old we're going back to some of the more classics. Uh, <laughs> An interesting conversation for D and I, so I prefer they watch some of the more recent ones. But that's okay. <laughs> so I, I know we're, our time is starting to wrap up. I, I now I want a random question: Little Mermaid. Um, the is it Ursula? Ursula, Ursula. The, yeah, okay. yeah. So Ursula is the quote unquote villain in yeah. that in that movie, but is she a villain? Um, the or Little Mermaid she? signed a contract, <laughs> and she was enforcing that contract. And she got and she got uh, beat up by the, by the guy in ch- the guy in charge. Yeah, I, I say as to say, is she a jilted ex boss? <laughs> I'm I'm just I, what 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 it made me think was isn't it interesting how our perspective can change yeah. over a period of time? Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of those villains have actually been hurt. Hurt people hurt people, right? Most oh, yeah. of them have been through something. And that's why they lash out and they become this evil person. But really, they're just, they're also hurt over something that's happened. You know, I think about Maleficent with Angelina Jolie. We've watched that a few times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're like, wow, who knew that backstory? That's pretty incredible. Which is why 
what you said earlier, we should be quick to give grace other rather than, you know, just yes. commit them because you don't know what someone has gone through or been through. And maybe this, it's you who can say, look, that wasn't cool, but let's, cool. let's talk about this. You yeah. Know? And on the flip side, I will say, and I will only tolerate so much, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Forgiveness and grace. And then you have to protect your own mental boundaries and energy because some people need to leave their organizations and get therapy. It's mm-hmm. not going they need to work on themselves so they yeah. can show up differently their next opportunity. Absolutely. Look, at, look, there's a topic I wouldn't want to talk about right now, right here, because we don't got a lot of time. But yes, absolutely. Um, I only have two cheeks. Can't turn. You only t- turn twice. <laughs> there you go. Um, I wanted to say thank you so much for just spending some time with us today and sharing your thoughts, ideas to help those individuals uh, who want to progress in their careers. Um, I want to open a space for you really quickly. Is there anything that you like to talk about, leave with our guests? You have a book coming out soon. Would, it, would anything advice that you want to share with our guests as we wrap up? I would just love for you to listen to the Brown Table Talk podcast available on Apple and Spotify. It's not just for women of color. It's also for allies. And I look forward to continuing the conversation on LinkedIn. So feel free to follow me there. Thanks for having me, Alex. Oh, thank you, everyone. You know what time it is. Don't look back, reach back. If you found anything of value in today's talk, don't keep it to yourself. Don't say that person over there should have been here. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. Bring this content to them and share it with them and say, look, if this touched me, I know it'll touch you. So don't just look back, reach back. As always, this is Alex Trumbull. Stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Executive Appeal with Alex Trumbull. I invite you to follow The Executive Appeal wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me, your host, Alex Trimble, across all socials or via email for exclusive webinars, courses, and his speaking engagements on continued topics of executive leadership. So until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.